Girlfriends, episode number 128. Five ideas for your summer bucket list. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're sharing some ideas to add to your summer bucket list. Let's set some goals together. Can't wait to get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I am so happy that you are joining me once again this week. Always happy to be able to connect with you and share some time together. So thank you for being here. How's it going? I know life is so crazy in June. We talked about this previously, but can I just say life is crazy in June? (laughs) I feel like I am just barely pausing to take a breath this week, and I'm happy to be able to be home for the week. I've been traveling quite a bit, and it's been hard. It's been hard for me. It's been hard for my family, but doing so many great, awesome things. This past week, Lisa Hendy and I were traveling with um, CatholicMom.com for Holy Cross Family Ministries. We went to the Catholic Media Conference, which was in Green Bay. What a great event that was. I met a lot of people, met, re-met a lot of familiar faces I hadn't seen in a long time. It was really great to be able to connect with other Catholic media professionals that are doing all kinds of awesome things in the church. I found it was really encouraging just to see all the good work that's being done in all different media. I mean, it was really, I thought it was great. I mean, that part was really encouraging and fun. And then just seeing, you know, everybody that you sort of connect with online all year long was a nice way to kind of in real life connect with people and share CatholicMom.com, which was great. It was a lot of fun to do that. Got to participate a little bit in the Gabriel Awards, which took place last Thursday night when Um, Catholic TV, I was so excited, won for Station of the Year. So they received a Gabriel Award uh, last Thursday night. And I got some great pictures. If you want to check out my Instagram, really felt like a Hollywood moment for all of us. (laughs) It was fun. Lisa and I pretended we won a Gabriel and we posed with it. I think it was um, our, our brush with fame, our moment of glam. Anyway, that was a lot of fun to do. But then I got home barely in time to, um, go to a Paul Simon concert with Dan and uh, some friends of ours in Boston, which was totally fun. And then got home really late, got up really early the next morning because our Juliet was graduating high school. And what a great day we had. What I'm so proud of that girl. I mean, she was not valedictorian of her class. She was fourth in her class. And this is funny. So she was asked to speak at graduation and she was happy to do it. She actually, um, I think, enjoys speaking. (laughs) It's kind of a bold girl in a lot of ways. But um, she was annoyed that um, the school, in an effort to, I think, not hurt anybody's feelings, some sort of, I don't know, some sort of a squishy philosophy, um, didn't let kids know where they ranked in the class. So the class was ranked, I mean, of course, you know, with regard to their grades. And uh, they let the top 10 kids know that they were top 10, but then didn't tell them where they ranked in the top 10. This is stupid, right? I mean, 
I was just annoyed by this. Um, but Juliet was really annoyed by this and she felt it was uh, offensive. Like, you know, yeah, for sure. We don't want to recognize who's number one in the class, you know. Um, it Anyway, these top 10 kids, they there was like a, um, a story for the paper. So they were all together and um, they all just compared all their GPAs and figured out who was ranked where and figured out who the valedictorian was, which was another young lady in Juliet's class. And so Juliet, as part of her speech, outed the valedictorian. <laughs> she said um, that she was disgusted that nobody knew who was number one in the class and that she deserved recognition for her hard work and her excellence. And so she asked everyone to give the young lady a round of applause and... <laughs> I mean, I just found that was hilarious and something I never would have done in high school. Um, but Juliet's a different girl. She's a lot like me in a lot of ways, but she's got, um, I think, some of Dan in her. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was super proud of her because they, that wasn't the only part of the speech. Um, she she also made some excellent points and um, quoted some awesome people. And uh, I think she did a great job. If you would like to hear the speech, you can. I'm going to link it up in the show notes because I shared it on my Facebook page in, um, I think, in, in the most public way possible. So everybody should be able to access it, even if we're not connected on Facebook. So I'll put that link in the show notes if you want to check out her speech. Um, but anyway, I was super proud of her. She did a great job. And uh, it was just a great great family day, despite the fact that some of my people were suffering from the plague. I don't know what it is that we have in our house. And actually, I'm hurrying to record this because I think I might be getting it. I don't know. I'm feeling a little icky this morning. And I'm one of the few people that hasn't gotten sick yet in the house. A really just horrible virus, like a really nasty, bad cold with fever and body aches. Really weird thing to get this time of year. Like, I think it's going to be 95 degrees today. So definitely we shouldn't be dealing with fevers. But that's what's going on. Anyway, so was thrilled about that. And then we had a great Father's Day. One of the things that Dan said he appreciated most about Father's Day was that our entire family was at mass together and we were all in the same pew. It was great. Actually, I noticed that too at mass. It's been a while since we were all together at mass and um, we happened to pick a pew. It was the one that was completely open when we arrived for mass and uh, we barely fit in it, <laughs> which is kind of fun. <laughs> kind of funny. I don't know if my kids enjoyed it so much, but it was a little cozy in there. Um, but we did fit. And I, I know that moment made Dan really happy and pleased on Father's Day to have his whole family together. And um, for us to go to mass together like that and spend some time together in the afternoon was really special to him. You know, he was kind of musing about it saying, oh, this is this is so sad. I've reached this point in my life where just all my kids in the same place at the same time is a thrill. But I totally get it. And I don't think it's pathetic. I think it's awesome. And um, anyway, so it made for a great family weekend as well. Anyway, this week we're talking about summer and setting some goals for summer, setting a summer bucket list. Is this something that you do? I have in the past, I think I've shared with you that as a family, we kind of made a bucket list, but it wasn't really a bucket list. It was just a list of things we'd like to do. And that was actually really useful. We wrote it all up. And we just kind of brainstormed together one night and put it on the side of the fridge. And then whenever we had an afternoon or a day that was going to be free or we were wondering, like, what should we do this weekend? We would look at the list. And um, I was really impressed with how simple some of the things my kids wanted to do were, like just having like a campfire in the backyard or catching fireflies or bringing ice cream and eating it at the lake or whatever. Just super simple stuff. 
Um, but I found it was actually really nice to have that list. And and so it made me start thinking, you know, summer is a time, even if you, you're not going to school or you don't have kids in school, it's a time that's set apart. I mean, it just is that we're just like, that's even if you don't live in an area of the country where the weather's very different in the summertime, summer is set apart. It's a season of a few months that um, where we have an opportunity. You know, when I when I see a season set apart like that, I think here's an opportunity to decide how we're going to use this chunk of time. And I, I mean, I like to set goals, um, but I think I, I don't know. I want to encourage you to set a bucket list that's not going to be like hard and fast have to do kind of like accomplish a lot of things kind of list. But just I wanted to share with you some ideas like a way that we can maybe take advantage of the fact that there's a change in season and, you know, do something different and challenge ourselves maybe just a little bit. So I want to share with you. Let me see how many I have. I have five, five ideas of things to add to your summer bucket list. And these are just general ideas. The specifics will be up to you. But the first one I want to share with you is learn something. Put this on your list. Learn something this summer. Challenge yourself to learn something new. Maybe take a class. A lot of libraries will have classes, maybe like a photography class or a computer class or I don't know, like a genealogy class. Um, look into what's available. You don't have to go and enroll in school for this. Um, you can if you want. Um, but something even as simple as taking a class online. There are all kinds of online educational sites um, where for little or no money, you can learn a new skill and kind of follow along through a, a structured course. And um, I don't know, I, I feel like the summer is a great time to think about doing something like that. I kind of have fond memories of classes that I've taken in the summer. I remember in college, I used to sometimes um, take advantage of the summer courses because inside of like a three-week course period, you could get an entire semester's worth of credit. These were like kind of longer classes and they were in, you know, intense. And I, I really, I love that idea, but that idea of just super focusing on something, studying something in the summertime, but it doesn't have to be something academic. You don't have to be sitting at your computer. Maybe you want to take a kickboxing class. I just drove by the other day, a, a gym that's fairly close to us that, um, focuses on martial arts and they were offering boxing classes. And I thought, Oh, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to sign up, but I mean, I, but that's just to give you an idea there, you know, sign up for something that maybe would surprise you or someone else. You know, this is how we, we fight aging, right. In our brains, learning new things. Maybe you want to take a language class. I keep saying I'm going to learn Italian, but I'm not going to if I never sign up for a class, right? Whatever it is, what's 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 going to be on your bucket list for something new to learn this summer? And and you know what? It doesn't even have to be structured like a class. You could read something. You could challenge yourself to to read a novel or reread a novel. Do you know what? I um have many times in my life reread novels that I enjoyed either in high school or in college. Um and I experienced them entirely differently. Like e even ones that I loved, I, I, I found new things about them that I really enjoyed or that I hadn't noticed previously because you know what? Life changes you. <laughs> you learn things in life and you have a new perspective. So even if there's a novel that you enjoyed many years ago, maybe pick it up again this summer. Maybe, you know, a nice beach read or something you're going to read in the hammock or out in the yard or by the pool or at the lake or whatever. Um, you know, find something that's going to challenge you in some intellectual way 
summer school. Okay, learn something. So that's my first idea for your bucket list. And I'm, I'm hoping that you're going to join me in, sh- in setting these goals in a basic way this summer and then share with me how you're doing or what you're what you're picking for your goals. Okay, so learning something. I still don't know what I'm going to add to my list for learning something. It might be reading a book, um, but we'll see. I'll keep you posted. All right. Number two, add something to your spiritual life or change it up in some way. Do you have morning prayer time? Okay, maybe you don't. That could be a good place to start. Uh, I find that mornings are much easier in the summertime uh, because it's not dark out. (laughs) I wake up much, much easier early in the morning in the summertime. And it's a really wonderfully quiet time of day, even though I have a full house this summer. Most other people are not getting up early, um, except for my Stephen, who's still going to school really early in the morning. He's got a few days left. Um, But so maybe that's what you want to do. Add some morning prayer time if you don't normally do that. Or if you do normally do that, maybe you want to take it outside. Uh, This is one thing that I love to do in the summertime is when I'm up early before anybody else, make coffee and take it outside and just have prayer time or spiritual reading time outdoors before it's really hot and just, uh, you know, enjoy the outdoors, which is something that you can't do year round, especially here. Um, So maybe think about that. That's a way that you could add something to your spiritual life. I find there's something really just beautiful about being in a natural environment when you're praying. It puts me really in touch with God to be in my natural environment. And I I shared with you about how my clothesline brings me closer to God. Still doing that, by the way. (laughs) We still haven't. um, Dan hasn't even taken apart the dryer. Life has been so crazy and busy. He, He asked me the other day, do you want me to take apart the dryer and figure out what's going on in there? And then I just envisioned a taken apart dryer, like in our living room and that being there for a couple of weeks. And so I was like, no, please don't touch the dryer. <laughs> but now that things are settling down a little bit, maybe, maybe I'll ask him to do that. But I really, uh, you know, I, maybe my kids are suffering, but I am not suffering for lack of a dryer right now. This is a beautiful time of year and I'm still enjoying my clothesline. Um, but you know, so add something to your spiritual life, maybe using the outdoors or maybe just challenge yourself in a different way. Maybe, um, you don't normally during the school year when you've got kids and you're running around, get to adoration on a regular basis. Well, maybe for the summer, commit to getting to adoration once a week. You know, this is an opportunity for you to do that. And it feels more doable if you just say, I'm going to do this for the summer, right? When we're setting goals, I think it's helpful if there's kind of a limit on it. And that doesn't mean you won't continue it. And I'm, I'm hopeful that if you find some new way of, you know, growing closer to God, that you're going to continue that. But, you know, setting a, a limit on it makes it feel less daunting. Like, I, you know, less like, uh, you know, like I'm going to have to sign up for this and then I'm going to have to do it forever kind of thing. Or maybe you you could get to a weekday mass during the summer because schedules are switched around a little bit. Maybe it's a little more possible for you to do that. So find a way to switch up your spiritual life. Maybe it's going to be praying in a group, praying with a friend, meeting with a friend for, for a walk and prayer time, followed by talking time. I know a girlfriend who does this with um, a few different women that she knows. They gather and it's just once a week and they go for a walk and they say the rosary together and then it's just social time. I was so envious when I heard that. It sounds wonderful. Um, But any one of us could do that by being the one who begins it in our own community of friends. So give that some consideration. 
that could be a way that you add to your spiritual life during the summertime. So learn something, add to your spiritual life. All right, number three, we already talked about being in the outdoors, but I want to encourage you to go outside every single day. I actually do this year round um, because uh, I will go insane in my house if I don't even get outside just at least once a day. And it's funny, especially if you're an at-home mom, because I know this from when my kids were a lot younger and we'd go through these long winters, how you cannot go outside some days or for a few days in a row, not even go outside because it's so harsh and horrible out. Um, But no such excuse in the summertime. I know some of you are living where it's unbelievably hot, but I think it's important to switch up your environment, especially when the season is different. So in the summertime, I'm not saying you have to go and like sit on your deck and broil for, (laughs) for an hour or whatever, but make sure you're getting outdoors Find an excuse to get outdoors. Spend just at least a little time outdoors every single day. Like I said, I think it really does bring us closer to our creator, being in a natural environment. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you live in the city or, you know, wherever you live, there is something outdoors that you can enjoy. It could be a park. There might be a trail that you haven't explored before. There might be a body of water, a pond or a lake or a river or an ocean nearby. You know, look for a new place. You know, I am blessed in that I live in New Hampshire, which is just a beautiful, you know, natural environment state. Can you hear that bird chirping? (laughs) Okay, I'm very distracted right now because there's a bird. Um, I'm I'm actually recording this outside early in the morning. Like I said, this is my time. Um, But uh, there's a bird who apparently wants to be a part of this podcast. Um, Anyway, um, but so it doesn't matter where you live. Like I... Like I said, I I am blessed to live in New Hampshire. And last summer, do you know what I did? And maybe you can do something similar wherever you live. I decided like, you know, I saw like some friends on Facebook had posted about this nearby waterfall they had been to. And I didn't even know this place existed. And so inspired by that, I decided to do a little research and find out where there are waterfalls, big ones and small ones and, you know, places that are near me that I could get to in New Hampshire. And I was surprised to find like just 20 minutes from my house is a beautiful natural area with a trail and um, double waterfalls. And I mean, who knew, right? And I bet you have some hidden treasures that are near you too. Maybe not waterfalls, but maybe, maybe do a little research. What I found was really helpful was, um, you know, researching online, there are different Uh, websites that kind of, you know, will tell you about the different natural areas you can visit. But TripAdvisor is actually really helpful, not just for, you know, attractions that you have to pay for, but for natural attractions as well. And people will tell you little things like how far away the parking is from the trail and, you know, helpful stuff like that. So look on TripAdvisor and or just do some Google searching for some areas of interest near you. I bet you have some hidden treasures. Maybe you have, you know, a trail that's near you that you didn't even know was there or a pond or a park or, you know, something like that that can encourage you and bring your kids if you want to out to get outdoors every day to, you know, not that you have to go to some fancy place to get outdoors every day, but, you know, that can kind of inspire you or give you a little bit of um, structure to what you're doing. I still haven't decided how I'm going to do this this year, but there were a number of waterfalls that I did not get to last year, but I'm thinking I might expand it a little and just look for trails um, and especially ones that can lead to water because my kids don't like to hike. I don't know what is wrong with them. I love to hike. Well, okay, I'm I'm lying. One of my kids loves to hike, Eamon, but he's 
interning in Massachusetts this summer. And so he's not around. So I have to like force my kids to hike with me in the summertime. But if there's a body of water and they can go swimming at some point during the hike, that sweetens the deal. So maybe I'm going to structure it that way and look for places with trails plus swimming areas. Anyway, just to give you some ideas, but you might look for parks that are near you. You you might look for um, geocaching. I have never gotten into that, but I know people are wild about that or their, their kids really get into it. And I, I knew one dad who was like crazy about it. Like his kids were kind of getting over it. They were at an age where they're like, oh, okay. But he was still like every weekend wanting to go geocaching. So I know those are really fun ways to kind of explore outside and, and give you a sense of adventure and purpose and getting your, yourself and your family outside every day. So that's one that you should consider adding to your bucket list is getting outdoors every day, but then also just having some special outdoor outings. All right. Speaking of outings, take a trip, plan a trip. Now, you're thinking maybe I don't have the money for that, right? I know. Um, but it doesn't have to cost any money. This is the good thing. So, you know, if you if you want to, for sure, you can plan an elaborate vacation, but it doesn't have to be that. It could just be a trip inside of, you know, the next town over, maybe visiting a museum that you never knew was there before. My parents recently discovered an aviation museum that's right in the town where they live, right in the town where I grew up. I don't know how long it's been open there, but they loved it. And they were now they've been you know, uh, systematically taking all of the grandkids to this aviation museum, which I guess is a ton of fun. Um, and they never knew it was there, you know, so there's stuff like that around you plan a trip. You could even just plan it to a park, but it kind of makes it an adventure. If you go to a new place or, you know, look up someplace or or hear about a place and just say, Hey, we're going to go visit. And it could be something spiritual. You could plan a trip to go visit a church that has some meaning for your family or um, look up what shrines are near you. We all have like little known shrines and little spots like that that are a part of our faith. And um, you could make that your destination. You know, it could be a day trip. It could be an afternoon trip. Um, Or if you're if you're so inclined and you have the budget for it, you could plan a trip where you spend overnight somewhere. Um, Some of our most fun trips as a family have been those that are a little bit impromptu. Um, We kind of plan them at the last minute. And our kids would, especially when they were, when everybody was home and we'd plan these trips, they were thrilled with wherever we went, as long as we like stayed overnight in a hotel that had a pool and free breakfast. Like, that was their standard. <laughs> and they would just have a blast. I mean, it was so simple and and dumb, but it like took us took us out of our everyday, which was fun. That kind of made it fun. And it didn't have to be a big budget breaker, um, you know, just spending one night at a, a family friendly hotel somewhere. And, you know, structure your trip around like you're going to go to like, um, oh, a million times we've gone to air shows. We used to be and we still are groupers, groupies of the Blue Angels. Uh, and we would go to air shows, you know, they, they travel around, um, they're probably coming somewhere near you this summer. And that's a really cheap way to have fun as a family and see some awesome, um, airplane stunts. So something like that doesn't have to cost a lot of money or look up like what festivals are happening near you. Like we have like a hot air balloon festival or like tomato festival or, you know, look up what's happening around you. There's, there's 
ton of stuff in the summertime. A lot of times, too, even um, or especially if you live in or near the city, there are music festivals. There's free music concerts that happen throughout the summertime. You might look up something like that and make it a family trip to go and listen to some music somewhere. Go into the city or um, a nearby town where they're having that sort of thing. So that's another thing to consider adding to your bucket list is taking a trip somewhere. Where can you go? And you know, if you're stumped for ideas, ask your family, ask your kids, ask your husband where they would like to go. What would be fun? And you might be surprised at how simple their answers are. You know, um, you know, a part of what we did for Father's Day was we went to a, a nearby ball field. Um, Dan and the boys played baseball and then had races timing each other running around the bases until one boy did it so hard he threw up. So that was exciting. Uh, but that wasn't the part I was going to tell you. <laughs> the part I was going to tell you was we had a, we just had a picnic. I just brought a blanket and stuff for sandwiches and um, some like snacks that the kids don't normally get that were kind of a treat. And we just sat down in the ball field and had a picnic. It did not have to be complicated, but it was fun. And, um, you know, just kind of getting out of your routine that way can be fun. So ask your family where they'd like to take a trip and add take a trip to your bucket list and then tell me where you go. I want to hear about this. All right. The last tip I have for something to add to your bucket list is to try something new. Now, we already talked about adding, um, uh, learning something to your bucket list, but this is a little bit different, like something that feels outside of what you normally do. And it could be something as dumb as wearing a new lipstick color. Okay. This, this is not for you, David. Okay. David, you pick something else. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, David is our, our male listener here at Girlfriends. We have other ones too, but they're kind of in the shadows. They, they haven't outed themselves the way that David has. Um, so yeah, don't try a new lipstick color if you are male. Um, but maybe like this, this is a fun one. I had a friend who tried a different drink every week. Um, now this, you, it doesn't have to be alcoholic. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to be all boozy to do this, but there were so many fun summertime drinks like different lemonades or sangria or whatever, um, that you can make festive and even alcoholic ones. If you don't want to have the alcohol, you can just take the alcohol out and make a, a virgin version of it you know, just following the recipes. There are some really, really fun recipes that you can make for uh, special summertime drinks, and that can be really fun. So try something new. What's it going to be? Change up, like, this is something I did a few years ago that I decided, um, I, I had bought this skirt at the beginning of summer, and I realized in the summertime, I never wear skirts. Like, well, I, I do to mass, but like just around town or whatever. And I thought, oh, why am I always wearing shorts? Like, um, so I decided I wanted to mix up my wardrobe a little bit. And so I bought some more skirts. I also bought a couple of dresses and just for casual, you know, and that was fun. So I think of a way that maybe you can mix up your wardrobe or wear your hair differently or try a new hair color. Just do something to mix it up because it's a different season, you know, like two summers ago, I went and got my hair cut really short. Well, short for me at the start of the summer season. And that made it really fun. So think of a way that you can try something new with your look or with the kinds of foods you're cooking or with something inside of your daily routine or what you wear. I'm sure you have better ideas than I do. So think about something new that you could add to mix up your routine, your everyday at home, just for the summertime. And that and that could be like a fun way for you to frame it for yourself. Like 
you're going to try something new that maybe is a little uncomfortable for you or you're not used to, but you're going to tell yourself, I'm just doing this for the summer. This is just a fun thing that I'm trying for the summertime. And um, anyway, there's a lot that we can learn. And I, I just find that it opens us up to new possibilities and it can just be a lot of fun to mix things up and try something new in the summertime. So that's my last tip for you is try something new. So to review the five, first, learn something. I don't care what it is. Just learn something. Uh, two, add to your spiritual life. Find a way to add to your spiritual life. It can be related to the season, but it doesn't have to be. Just find something that you can add to your spiritual life through the summer season. Number three, get outside every day and do this in a structured way, maybe every once in a while, going to a place outside, finding a place outdoors that can be a destination for you and your family. Number four, take a trip. Plan a trip somewhere. It can be to any location near you or far away, but get outside of your everyday routine. And speaking of getting outside your everyday routine, lastly, try something new. When you set your goals for your summer bucket list, I want to know what they are. <laughs> and I'll be sharing them with you as we go along through the summer here because I'm setting my bucket list too. And I think I am going to do the, the same brainstorm with my family as well. And I'll let you know how that's going. But I want to know what goals you're setting this summer. What, what kinds of new things are you trying? What are you learning? What are you doing to shake up your everyday routine and really set the summer apart? I think that we really love things like Advent and Lent because it sets the season apart apart. And summertime is not a liturgical season, but there's no reason why we can't set it apart like that and um, set you know, specific goals to the season. So let me know what you come up with and how your bucket list is going this summer. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect on Voxer is in every list of show notes for every episode of the Girlfriends podcast. So you can check that out at ascensionpress.com. Or just record your voicemail on your phone and send it to me, Danielle, at daniellebean.com. I'd love to hear from you. I just want to take a moment to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you the Girlfriends podcast every week. If you want resources to learn more about your faith personally or enrich your marriage or inspire your teens or theology, the body, they've got it all. You can go to ascensionpress.com. You can find all kinds of faith formation resources there. A lot of it free, free video content and podcasts. So check it out at ascensionpress.com. Hey, Danielle, my name is Cassie. I just wanted to leave you a Voxer message, um, kind of two parts to my message. The first part is I just wanted to give you some words of affirmation and say thank you so much for uh, your ministry and just sharing your life and your experience and your wisdom. You have been such a blessing to me um, in my young motherhood, and I know you've been there and I know you've done it and you have just shared so many practical um, just mom tips and also spiritual um, you just really have cultivated my spiritual life as well and planted some seeds. And um, I just thank you so much for sharing yourself and all the different mediums that you do. I've read several of your books and I listen to you anywhere I can, whether that be The Gist or Girlfriends or on Catholic MomCast, all of the work that you're doing. I am just so blessed by it in so many different ways. And so I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, 
for just answering that call that the Lord has laid on your heart and know that it is a blessing to me. And I am very certain several others as well. The second part of my message, I just wanted to call and kind of pick your brain about something very practical, but I know that you've been there and you've done it. And so I'm just hoping that you can share your hacks and some of the practices maybe that you put into place to help with this. Um, I have six kids. My oldest is 10 and my youngest is four months old. Um, and there is just a lot of life and living that goes on in my house. Um, I'm a stay at home mom. And so the six kids are kind of in and out all the time and the sandbox and the mud and the imagination and the playing and it's all such great stuff, but I'm having a hard time managing the mess. Um, and there's just jam hands all the time and, you know, three meals and wiping up syrup and all of those types of just little kid messiness. I'm wondering if you have just any hacks or tips or tricks or certain cleaning products, um, just practical steps that you put into place to manage the mess um, and to manage a somewhat clean house. I have lowered my standards so, so much, so much. And I just um, feel like I'm drowning and always running in circles with keeping the house clean. Uh, I hold my kids accountable to a certain extent. Um, you know, they each get a list of chores every Saturday morning and they're responsible for keeping their rooms picked up and, you know, they can run the vacuum and they can help with the toilets and, you know, a few things like that. Um, I am hesitant to nag at them too much because I think from my own childhood, I remember my mom nagging at us a lot to be clean. And when I think of my home life as a child, I think of her um, just kind of nagging us all the time to be neater and to be cleaner. And I definitely don't want that for my children, but I also know that I can't mother out of fear in that regard. So if you just have any insight to that, and then also, like I had mentioned before, any practical, anything that you can give me, I am ready to receive. Um, thanks again so much for all you do. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for that, Cassie. Um, first of all, I need to apologize because you left me that voicemail a really long time ago, well, over a month ago, and I didn't get it till just now because it was through my Voxer account that's linked to my Facebook account. So I, apparently I have two different Voxers going. Um, I discovered this a while back and then I kind of forgot about it. And um, so you left me a message on my Facebook Voxer, which I don't check and I'm not usually logged into, but I logged into it because someone else let me know they had left me a message there. Anyway, and then I found your message. So thank you so much for those words of affirmation. That is my love language. I'm always telling my husband that words of affirmation. Um, so I really appreciate that. And I'm glad you're getting something out of the podcast. I really appreciate that you taking the time to let me know what's encouraging to you. So thank you for that, Cassie. And as to your other question, first of all, know this. Um, a lot of people are listening to you describe the messiness of your life and your struggle with the mess and completely, completely relating. I mean, this is a part of it. This, <laughs> this is a part of the deal. And it sounds like you know that in what you're, you're describing there. But when you've got six kids and the oldest is 10 and the youngest is four months, life is going to be a certain level of messy. Now, you already mentioned that you have lowered your standards. And um, yeah, for sure, that's an important thing to do. But let me just encourage you to know that this really is a season in your life. And it sounds like you... Um, 
because we all have different levels of tolerance for messiness. And it sounds like you are generally a much more neat and clean kind of person. And that's how you prefer to live. And that doesn't mean you can't. Okay. I mean, your house is never going to be spotless every minute of the day with, you know, all these kids trooping in and out and the meals and everything else. But, you know, you can have standards and, and it sounds like you are setting standards. So that's good. But um, first of all, you know, for your own sanity, I would encourage you because it sounds like you have this this need for a little more order than what you're experiencing on a daily basis to have your own space, to have a spot. It can be a tiny spot. It can be a chair with a table next to it. But like have it be mom's clean space where what you look at maybe is just like, you know, a, a nice clean area of the house when you're sitting there. It could be your bedroom. Um, it could be, you know, a, a part of the living room. It could be in your dining room, whatever. You know your house and you know your space. But I want to encourage you to have that and make sure your family knows like this is mom's clean space. And um, I think it's really helpful for kids to learn boundaries like that anyway. Um, in, in the past, I've done it um, not necessarily with space, but with, you know, items that belong to me. And, you know, because part of being a mom and especially a, a stay at home mom of that many kids is they're always in your space. You know, they're in your stuff and they're in your space and they're crawling on your body like every minute of the day. So um, setting some boundaries like that, I think, is a good thing. So I would encourage you to have some space that you can retreat to. And it doesn't have to be a giant area of your house. I don't know what your living space is like, but it doesn't have to be that. But having a space that you kind of protect in that way so that you do have that quiet, clean space that you can retreat to, or even if it's just at the end of the day or first thing in the morning or whatever you need, that you can have that in your life. Okay. But then for the rest of it, um, you mentioned your kids are doing some chores and that's great. I would really encourage you um, to... Because part of what's overwhelming, at least for me during that stage in my my parenting, was that everything would build up, you know, like I would let it get out of control before I would do something like, um, you know, like the floors would be entirely messy or the, the toys would be everywhere or, you know, the the dining room table is buried under a mess or whatever it is. But doing a little bit every day is hugely, hugely helpful here. And kids can definitely be a part of this. Um, you know, I think my kids were about that age when I found myself pregnant again and I knew I was going to be vomiting and lying on the couch for at least the next three months, usually four and a half to five. <laughs> anyway, I knew that was going to be happening and I was just terrified. Like I, I was just like, my life is going to be completely out of the, out of control by the time I have this baby. And so what I did out of this sort of like in this panic mode was I made super, super organized chore charts. And I, my kids were about the ages of your kids, you know, not super capable yet. But, um, and this is what I did. I attached chores to different parts of the day. And you can do this because you're an at-home mom as I was back then. And um, so, you know, the day is yours. You get to structure things. You get to decide what their routine is going to be and what your routine is going to be. And attaching chores, even super simple stuff like clear off the dining room table and get all the dirty dishes into the sink or the dishwasher um, or sweeping floors. Like I had it attached to like mealtimes. Everybody had before meal chores and everybody had after meal chores. So before breakfast, it was stuff like, especially for the little kids, like getting themselves dressed, brushing their teeth and, you know, making their bed or whatever. Um, but then the after 
chores were things like cleaning up the meal. But then I would add other things like um, after lunchtime, I would assign some, you know, reasonably capable child of clearing all the all the toys out of the downstairs area and bringing them upstairs because they had a way of, you know, making their way downstairs and just filling up our living rooms at that point in our lives. Um, stuff like that, like um, I would really encourage you. It doesn't have to be as structured or as Nazi like <laughs> as my list was back then. But that really got me through that time. And, uh, you know, my house wasn't spotless every second, but it felt much more livable in a way that wasn't too demanding of me. Like I wasn't the one running around trying to do it all. Just keeping on top of it is huge. And your kids are very capable of keeping on top of it because guess what? If it's not this huge mess in the living room, they can grab, you know, six or seven items and bring them upstairs and put them where they belong. They can, you know, handle moving laundry from the washer to the dryer or whatever it is. Just having that kind of structure in your day. And I found it was really helpful to attach it to mealtimes. And um, yeah, for sure. They they thought I was crazy and my husband thought I was crazy. Like <laughs> we have before breakfast and after breakfast chores and before lunch and after lunch. But and then, you know, at the end of the day. Um, having a standard for how, you know, what shape you want your house in at the end of the day. And that's going to be different for everybody. So you know what it is. And having, you know, letting your husband know if he's able to help out at that point in the day, like what will be helpful to you and what you want your standard to be. Is, is your standard going to be like, you know, the kitchen is clean and um, the living areas are reasonably uncluttered? That pretty much was my standard back then. Um, but just even having a kid run the vacuum cleaner in your living room... <laughs> My my son is just I, I'm I'm still outside. My son has just pulled up next to me and he's giving me a weird look for sitting outside talking into a microphone. But I know you're out there. He thinks I'm talking to nobody. I know you're out there. Anyway, so back to Cassie. Um, so you know, I think it you can you can do something as simple as like making sure the floors are swept and the, and the and the rugs are vacuumed before bed at night can make a huge difference in how you're feeling the next day getting up. Like just having that that standard on a daily basis. And the good news is doing little bits at a time like that isn't overwhelming for everybody you included so um and then lastly cassie you mentioned the nagging well that's the beauty of the chore chart like it just exists and you can attach rewards to it for sure i did that um during that time and during other times in our our family life attaching rewards to chores i mean we never really paid an official allowance but we would do things like once a week um, we would reward whatever kid did the least amount of complaining, perhaps, or or we would reward a kid who went above and beyond what their chores were or helped out a sibling or whatever. Um, but you can do that if it makes you feel better about it. But know this, you are teaching your children life skills if you're teaching them basic housework and cleaning up. But not only that, you are teaching them what it means to be in a family, that it's not like you're they're your slaves. They're a part of your family, which is a community, and everybody pitches in. Everybody helps out for the good of your family, for the good of your community that you are building there in your home. So that really is, in my opinion, the best gift you can give your kids is the feeling of self-worth that comes from knowing that they're a valued member of the family and they can contribute in meaningful ways. But then also just the really good feeling that comes from, I, I remember once when one of my sons first learned to like cook eggs and he was so excited about it. He, he wanted to make breakfast for the family and what a thrill that was for him to contribute to the family in that way and feel like he was serving others, which is what family life is supposed to be all about. So it sounds like you're doing a great job, Cassie. It's a hard thing. 
it's a hard thing. <laughs> These are hard years. This is challenging and it's okay to admit that it's challenging, but I love that you're reaching out and I hope some of what I've shared here is helpful to you. And um, I'm going to be praying for you and your family in the coming week. Let me know how you're doing. And lastly, I just want to mention that I am now booking events for the fall into the early winter. I'm going to be in Sugarland. Is that how you say it? Sugarland, Texas? Or do you say Sugarland? You're going to have to let me know because I don't know. But I'm looking forward to meeting the people there in Texas at the beginning of September. I'm going to put that um, that date in the show notes. And as soon as I have in more information about how you can be a part of that event, I'll let you know. But if you are interested in having me come out and speak to your parish, to your women's group, in your community, you can get more information about that at daniellebean.com forward slash speaking. Or if you're interested in bringing the Your Worth It retreat, my retreat that's specifically for women, a day retreat for women that I love to bring to all different communities. And I've done it for groups as small as like 25 and as large as 400. So really a lot of variation there and the kinds of events that we can plan together. But if you're interested in learning more about the You're Worth It retreat, which is based on the themes in my book, You're Worth It, which is about the gospel stories and the women we meet in the gospel stories and what we can learn about God's unique love for women based on Jesus's interaction with real women. I love to share these stories and host these discussions with women from all walks of life. So if you're interested in learning more about the You're Worth It retreat and how to bring me to your community, you can go to daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. And that's all we have time for today. But I want to thank you for spending this time with me. It truly is encouraging to me to know that you're out there listening, even if my son thinks I'm crazy talking into a microphone all by myself. Anyway, it means a lot to me to know that you're there and that we can connect in this way every week. So thank you for your presence here. It truly is a gift to me. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.